0: Hello and welcome to Dear Self, a podcast around Asian culture, self-exploration and growing up. Hosted by me, Charlotte Yao, founder of Moyhood, a skincare brand rooted in traditional Chinese medicine. I have the pleasure to be speaking to and spotlighting talented Asian voices of the moment. Today, we have On Fui, the CEO and creative director of Gabar, an amazing fragrance brand rooted in Southeast Asian heritage. I'm currently obsessed with their fragrance, Ground, and it's become one of my absolute favorites for all occasions. I love Foy's energy and thoughts on life and business. In this episode, we are talking about how to unleash creativity with your own set of rules, intuition-centered businesses, and how we define success in our mid to late 20s, and what we wish to achieve in the future. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us on our pod today. And I'm so excited just to chat to you a bit more. We've seen each other in like passing moments in events, but like to have like a real like catch up and
1: deep conversation yeah. is well needed. Absolutely. No, thank you so much for having me. And likewise, it's been like, yeah, super nice to keep up with the Moyhood story alongside like a bar and, yeah, good to have these deeper moments as well. So I'm very excited.
0: <laughs> I feel like our journey is very similar. Like, Super think, similar. We like at very similar dates. And the brand values of most of our brands are so tied into like deep-rooted in our culture and our mm-hmm. heritage. And I think that's definitely what like,
1: bonded us up Yeah, first. I think so too. And I think in these like, worlds, especially in like beauty and beyond, like, it's so important to find like, like-minded founders and like-minded partners. It makes the journey a lot easier, for sure. It does, Super glad. For sure. (laughs) So, I think with every podcast guest and why I started the podcast,
0: I've always been so fascinated about people's childhoods, their traditions that they grew up with, and also how they got to where they are now. So, I would love to know a bit more about your childhood. What did that look
1: like? Where did you grow up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just to backtrack a little bit, I'm from Myanmar originally, from Burma, as some people know it. Um, but I grew up in New Zealand, so spent most of my childhood between the two countries. I moved there when I was like five or six years old. so I was still really young. So a lot of my memories from before then in Myanmar are quite blurry. Um, but at the same time, my family were amazing and being able to take us back almost every year so still stayed very connected with our roots while still um, kind of growing up and I think a lot of people know this kind of hybrid childhood and hybrid culture um, but I was a strange kid <laughs> as in like um, I had a lot of like funny interests now thinking back on it and I was definitely a child that was super like precocious and like independent and did my own thing a lot of the time so I think my parents like did not know what to do with me for example when they when I was young like they wanted me to you know like get a ballet class or something that would give me a bit more structure and discipline but I was like no hip-hop all the way I also had a knack when I was a child for like a lot of imagination play and a lot of like creating and creativity um growing up so yeah a lot of my childhood was spent like usually by myself honestly like creating things making things I got myself into a lot of trouble that way um I was very like adventurous and independent and ran around on my own so a lot of like fun memories from lots of yeah little little tidbits of of things like that i
0: love that and i feel like the creativity side of your childhood definitely has had a thread through where you are now because wasn't you like a great director
1: yeah 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 for sure No, it, it definitely like looking back now i see all the connecting threads for sure um mm-hmm. between all my interests as a child and like um what i do now and i always think like when you think about all the things that really fulfill you, or the things you're meant to do, like looking back on your childhood and seeing what stuff you gravitated towards most always is like a nice clue. Mm. Uh, so for instance, like I remember when I was super young, like I think I must have been like four or five just before I left for New Zealand. I, I remember having my first business at the time and I didn't know what, what that was, right? Yeah. Like I was like picking tea leaves from my grandparents' like, backyard and like, repackaging it and selling it to our neighbors and poor neighbors who they were probably like (laughs) who was this kid but they were so sending their money exactly like, like giving me pocket money for it but I remember being like ah like let me expand on this more and I like took seeds from like the shed somewhere and planted them all over the floorboards and my grandparents living room and then like months later that became like all these herbs were growing in the living room and it yeah. was all like a bit of ruckus things like that where I just like in my I was just in my own head a lot and loved an adventure of like making something and doing something and testing things out but yeah definitely that's like percolated all throughout life and probably a lot of it has informed like of course and like uh-huh. just my like adult um way of being that's super funny like looking back and being like oh that's a strange habit that's like it stayed with me. it's also a different (laughs) selection of things
0: like hip-hop. What about hip-hop did you love? Did you do break dancing?
1: Not quite break dancing it was more like um I'm not sure what the right like word or genre is but just like it was just very expressive I loved that it was very very free-flowing like a lot more like boundary I guess like pushing them, maybe something like ballet where there's a lot of instruction there's a lot yeah. of rigidity and rules with hip-hop I felt it was just like you could do kind of what you wanted yeah. and the music of course was great like there was something very like especially with the dance group I like the child's dance group I was part of like everyone was super yeah just a lot of fun and like Express we had a good time exactly it was different it felt way more um, yeah just free-flowing than than all the other of dance (laughs)
0: yeah i know i love that i i think it resonates so much with that as well because being creative whether it's in art music and dance those are my outlets of just having that creative freedom to i don't know i think explore more of myself as well Um, understand through movement and feeling things touching things that's
1: definitely how I'd like learn as a kid but. no a hundred percent yeah 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 I, I see that for sure and what you said before about that sensorial side of things that was mm. definitely a huge part of me growing up as well like um I definitely was a big like nerd in many ways like I loved reading I loved like writing but that was like one side of me the other side loved play and loved like the senses and imagination and and creating things out of nothing so mm. I was the type of kid that for sure, kind of how you might think about business building, like take twigs from the garden and create like a whole elaborate, you know, like scene out of it. Um, So I think that, yeah, it's, it's fun to, to think back and and see that, but that's definitely a huge part of the spirit of business making, right? Like imagining these things up and actually putting it into action.
0: I would love to know, I guess, like your journey so far, I feel like you've, been a businesswoman since you were a kid <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> that. Um, awesome. but what did that look like so did you go to university and if so did you learn and then mm-hmm. after
1: i would love to know what that looked like yeah for you. yeah absolutely um yeah i've always i think i've always been someone who's like loved left brain and right brain activities and needed that kind of balance to be sort of a full self so in university I ended up studying history of art as my major and then I did finance as well on the side but a little bit of that was more of that Asian parent practical thing being yeah. like are you going to be able to get a job way yeah, <laughs> like yeah. come on um, so it was a bit of a like safety net and I really didn't enjoy enjoy finance at all and then with my internships from from then like I started off my first internship actually was in in the fashion world working for Stella McCartney, and I was a PR intern at the time, and it was like I really not like it was a, a hilarious entry into the world, but I yeah I was told off a lot, like didn't you know didn't they <laughs> didn't quite thrive, um, but then I went off into the finance world for a little bit. Um, really didn't like it, but it was one of those things where at the time you're a little bit lost in your like late teens, early twenties and yeah. it seems like a path to go down that sort of makes sense at the time and I quickly found that same thing of maybe ballet versus hip hop, that like structure, yeah. the yeah, intense it wasn't it's just not who I am and yeah. much more like um just much more open in, in the way I approach like life and work. And so post then um, I actually worked at Sotheby's for a little bit. As you can tell, my path is, like, so windy. It was a lot of just, like, trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do. And it took a lot of um, wrong turns in that moment to, like, get to get to where I really wanted to be. So Sotheby's was a nice little marriage of, like, art and business. And being there, um, it really opened my eyes to what it could feel like to bring a... create like, bring the world of creativity and business together. Yeah. Um, and then post-then debated whether to go to business school but my mentor at the time she was like play hey, if you want to go out and actually build things just go do it it's scary of course there's a lot of risk and like if you don't have the resources or the idea then try building with other people first and so yeah. that was the advice i took to her um so worked with a technology startup for a bit that was like sort of a business school and like a really quick sprint um and then started a first brand with a few others and. Finally, that led me to being like, okay, I'm now brave enough and sort of feel like I have the sort of, I understand myself enough to take the path of being my own founder. Um, and that's when Gabar came to life. So it was a lot of, yeah, a lot of discovery, yeah. um, a lot of different paths, but ultimately, like all the experiences I had from university days to like early career days that all, every bit of it seemed to give me a skill that now is very useful with Gabar. Um, so that's how it it, it got to there
0: yeah (laughs) you know what it's so funny listening to you talk because the Stella McCartney experience gave me PTSD of course I studied fashion communication and very similar I wasn't doing an intern for fashion PR I was doing an intern for just fashion marketing in general yeah um and it was at Erdem and in my head I was like this is what I want to do, it's yeah. so amazing, it's so glamorous, yeah. and it just takes me back to running around. My job was to reorganise a bookshelf with like thousands of books, and then I was like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. And
1: from then on, I was like, yeah.
0: this is not the right space for me at yeah. all.
1: I completely relate. Yeah, yeah. Cut, uh,
0: it's cut through.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. it's cut through, and it's one of those um, industries, I feel like, if you're really passionate about fashion then great like that Mm -hmm. there's a space for you but there's also like different ways I think to unleash creativity with your own set of rules (laughs) completely yeah
0: yeah yeah. completely can be a tough world and talking about creativity I am so drawn to the creative branding you've created with the bar I think beautiful and the brand story and the values is just it's nothing that I've seen from a fragrance brand before and I think you've done an amazing job like so so beautiful and Kabar's values of um wanting to bring heritage and southeast Asian history into the world um is something that really resonates with Moyhood and what we're trying to do with traditional Chinese medicine and I want to understand from like your perspective of like what element elements of Myanmar brings you comfort um mm-hmm. is there any like specific things that when you were building a bar that you had on mood board um mm-hmm. would love to know the creative process behind all
1: that. absolutely yeah, that's a really good question because it's um something that maybe we haven't sat to really like properly thought about, but it happened kind of intuitively because of um our own roots and and where we're from um but I would say like it's less about particular objects and things from Myanmar, but more like the spirit of the country. And okay. I'm sure like there are so many connections with like your heritage as well. And, um, and how like the, the, yeah, the spirit of Myanmar is But I would say the one key thing is like the country's warmth, like there's something yes. I've been tra- I was trying to tell someone else the other day when they were asking what we wanted Gabad to kind of, uh, I guess like spread or espouse. Um, and I kept going back on this idea of like warmth and community and these like communal values. And it seems strange to say that through like, because our business is on the surface of fragrance brand or at least like fragrance to begin. But it's that feeling of connection, warmth, community that I want so core to the brand. And um, fragrance is just a vessel for communicating some of this stuff. I, I think with Myanmar, especially, it's a special country because on the surface, it has all these like you know, horrible things that are happening mm. politically, economically. It's had this really rough history from a long time till now. Um, but under the surface, I think maybe because of all those hardships, like the people are just so... There's something really refreshing about Burmese culture, like very warm, so friendly. It's one of those places where tons of my friends who've been before, they'll be like, yeah, I went, I had the best time of my life. Like I was in this village and someone just invited us to have lunch with their family and this led to this and this. and." you don't really get that so much in a lot of like urban settings these days or like yeah. maybe some non-west uh, some western cultures these days it just operates a little bit differently so i i miss that and i crave it that kind of feeling of like the whole country is your family or just like yeah. your whole neighborhood is your family i wanted to embed that into into Gabal for sure and um, that's one thing i think secondarily definitely there's something about Myanmar that's this very like raw untouched beauty i Mm -hmm. think in its scenery um in just its clash of cultures and there's a lot of chaos but in a really beautiful way i'm sure you totally know you're just talking about singapore and that kind of um energy there too but it's the same as multiculturalism sort of bringing together sight smells colors it's like it's so much exactly Mm -hmm. like so much vibrancy and i wanted to pack that into kind of um gambar as well but At the same time, it's like, um, it's funny how those ideas like translate more creatively with gabar. I think when you look at gabar, we wanted it to feel like a modern, contemporary brand, we wanted to resonate with sort of that early 20s to late 20s age group. Mm -hmm. So, the way we kind of speak and the way we conduct ourselves, like visually, it's definitely taking in a lot of more contemporary influences as well so it's this fun clash of like that contemporaneous and like what we as founders like resonate with as well like aesthetically but then yeah. clashing it with like this deep rooted heritage yeah. so i love this clash of like old and new like yeah. deepness but also like some sort of lightness as well yeah. like keeping things like funky and fresh but also like very um rooted just totally. so, yeah yeah so that's how it all kind of came together
0: yeah <laughs> no i love that yeah. and i think having that idea of like celebrating your roots, but also bringing them this freshness. That's like when that like, magic happened. And <laughs> I love that. I love that stage when we were working on Moyhood and like thinking about the branding. And for us, we didn't want to look at skincare brands as a whole because we were worried that like brand would look very similar to what yeah. is out there at the moment. And yes. I think with TCM being so baked in the brand identity, mm. um, we were like, stop looking at pinterest for one (laughs) and look at other inspirations whether like for more good it was like um tcm ointments Mm, old school stuff that i was like rummaging through my parents house and like what's the use and looking at the colors from all sorts of medicines that i think one of our reference images was, like, old-school Hong Kong retro posters and, like, the vibrancy this. of that. Yeah. And I think that's I when it's, like, it becomes something so special because it's, like, there's real personality to the brand. Yeah. It's
1: not the same, like, sameness. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. I, you're, no, you're 100% right, and that's what caught my eye about Moyhood when I first saw your brand as well. I think um, we've seen that the beauty world is so flooded with so many consumer brands these days, and so many of them take this very... The cookie cutter approach to their branding Mm. of course there are many amazing brands that definitely worthy of um the success and things but there are also a lot of brands that feel the same like you said I think though when you like um do something that's much more sort of authentic into your own roots and you kind of uh block out all of the noise and you can come up with something a lot more original um without really knowing it I think yeah that journey is so real of like taking the, so- taking the sources that you want to take from and kind of like clashing them all together. That's when like the fun happens. Exactly. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. And
0: I feel like similar to yourself, I think, mm. I mean, speaking for myself anyway, business, running a business is um, often quite chaotic <laughs> and takes yeah. a lot. It's not like your normal nine to five, is it? Like mm. there's definitely, <laughs> I mean, I learned in the past years, like you don't really clock off when you're like a founder or it's harder to for sure because there's so much things that's going on in your head but i understand the importance of self-care and like take reclaiming some time back for you mm. um especially in the midst of busyness i would love to know what do you what's your self-care ritual when times do you get quite busy and you're like okay i just need to take one second
1: yeah yeah no it's, it's definitely chaotic thing mm-hmm. around it but in like the best of ways as well totally um, best of ways in terms of self-care I think all my rituals are actually really quite simple and um I'm definitely not someone who like wakes up at like the crack of dawn and has that like two hours of, me either you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> like all these like things yeah. packed in and um but I am someone that loves sort of the very simple back to basic self-care thing so Honestly, walking is my like go-to. Um, my go-to when it comes to just clearing space and like clearing the mind. And I love. I am that crazy person that will walk like hours in London. But it really helps bring like lots of ideas together, especially when there's like one particular question or thing that you're thinking about and you just can't figure it out. Or it just helps so much to go out there, and I feel like something happens in your mind where it's it's that concept of flow that everyone talks about where. You kind of need like certain spaces, and you kind of need to just take your hands off the problem to let that flow happen. So I, I love walking. That's one yeah. thing. Um, two, like it sounds silly, but like I love just laughing. Yeah. <laughs> like laughing or like finding things that like bring me joy and humor just even if it's a friend who's just a total jokester or like a silly tv show or even my little pet cat and like his ways of being like stuff that is just like pure and just really joyful it helps you just remember that life is not so serious even though like I I love you know what I do so much and like a bar is such a huge part of who I am it's also okay to have these very human moments. And yeah. so I, I love just like just taking a break and being sort of silly and light. And I do, I, I am someone who meditates a lot, but not in a like really regimented way. I think um, that's never worked for me. So for me, it's more about like finding the few minutes where it's, it just makes sense to be in that like meditative space and not having like, a, I must sit there and have mm-hmm. my hands in a certain place, but more, maybe I'm just eating and I just I'm just focusing on my food and just being much slower with with what I'm doing so everything's a little more like integrated Um, but yeah back to basics and I think that definitely helps to refresh and I think with Gabar especially it's like we were saying before like the journey of a founder it's so up and down and Mm -hmm. beyond like the business side of things managing your emotions through things is so important to be able especially with sort of like very heart-centered, very like values-oriented businesses, you have to keep yourself very centered as well. Otherwise, it's very easy to take in the noise, it's very easy to get pulled in different directions and then you find yourself like, oh, this wasn't really what I wanted or intended that I got pulled that way because pressures from various you know sources so it's good to recenter yourself and be like no this is why i'm doing what i'm doing and, and it helps you conduct your business in a much more solid way as well yeah,
0: yeah. totally <laughs> slow living and yeah. emotions i mean help takeaways i feel like resonate yeah, yeah, um, yeah i i don't know about you you mentioned the point of like can be quite emotional and like there's lots of emotion going about I'm quite an emotional person and I've learned this this year (laughs) and I think with business I'm learning how to detach myself from I'm not moitered you know Mm -hmm. and I would love to know are you the same or are you quite a logical thinker so like I was actually having a conversation with my friend the other day um over dinner of um me and my boyfriend um we could be at we're so opposite, <laughs> <Like personality-wise. laughs> He's very like pragmatic, data-driven. Um, mm-hmm. Leads decisions on data, which makes sense. Like uh, I think a lot of people resonate with that. Yeah. But for me, I think
1: I don't know
0: if it's the spiritual side of me, but I lead with feeling sometimes. Mm-hmm. I have a, so I'm hi- uh, we're hiring a social media manager, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time when I'm talking to people yeah. and I'm like consuming what they're saying is. I'm also consuming the energy yeah yeah and it is that feeling that you get like all the gut instinct maybe um would love to know do you have the same do you have the same approach or are you very much also data driven
1: yeah Um, yeah I love you brought this up because I think so much about like um the business world as it is today and like how these new shifts are happening for different ways of approaching business and I am completely the opposite of your boyfriend. They like, sort of more rational sort yeah. of thinking. And, and my partner is the same where he's much more like you know, numbers driven, yep. very rational, but I'm the same as you, completely like more intuition led, more like hot and whatever that means. Like yeah. much more energy feelings. Like I'm much more oriented in that way. And so many of our decisions, like as co-founders with, with my co-founder Susan, we make them based on like just kind of a no. It sounds so a bit wishy-washy, but it feels really, um, strong sometimes is kind of knowing if something feels right or not Mm. and a lot of that's based on I think a lot of things that we don't really understand like how some of these decisions come together Um, but all to say like I I find it beautiful when people make very intuitive decisions especially in business but obviously operating in the business world it's good to balance that intuition with in data points and research and whatever it may be but at the end of the day I I think if you are someone that has a very strong understanding of yourself and you've honed in on your intuition a lot you can trust that radar especially with people for sure when hiring something to, or like partnerships, something yeah. just feels right or not yeah. you know so i think like that makes for a stronger sort of mission-led business and a very strong sort of more centered business i think and i also love it too because i think in business like people kind of uh like look down on feelings and but i think that's because we've constructed a big business world that's like very masculine yeah. led, and i think sort of like the feminine side of thing, emotional intuitive, like it, it's looked down upon mm-hmm. as like, oh, it's not, you know it's not trustworthy or whatever, but like that's that's just a system we've created. I'm so excited for like intuition led businesses because yeah. I think they will be more sustainable. They'll make better decisions. They won't be as like greedy. They won't be as like just doing things for the sake of what we we're saying before, like the short term, right? And actually looking to the longer term. So I love when people are like, no, I actually approach my business from that other lens and then kind of, I guess, I balance it with the rationale. side definitely. of things. It yeah. is
0: de- of course, it's definitely that balance of, like, looking at case studies. Also, experience helps with making more gut-feeling reactions. I think, like, for me especially, I think it is balancing the experience that I had and, like, what I know in my head what's happened. And then also yeah. ba- um, incorporating, like, what does my head and also my heart say at the moment
1: it, conflicting or just like pros and cons isn't it yeah completely completely Mm -hmm. it's a whole like yeah it's a whole holistic process and you've got to. and it's interesting i love what you said just now because it reminds me of like um how much like your body can know in these things as well i'm sure you've had these circumstances when you're like you know hiring or interviewing for like social media manager or something your body also tells you things like if you like close up and tense up around something versus like you feel more open and lighter that's also telling you something i think about like Whether something feels right or not but yeah yeah, this is like a whole passion area of mine to talk about like what it means to lead these like yeah very like intuition-centered businesses yeah i think the world will do better with a lot of these kinds of leaders and founders and um, businesses that are centered around things like that
0: completely and i love it because also it's this approach to life with a bit of softness and empathy which i think can be quite hard when you created a business in london where it's particularly quite like hustle hustle um and coming out of a corporate job where the energy is very different and what i'm trying to and learn is how do i lean into this softness a bit more sometimes Mm -hmm. um i I definitely agree like i love processes i love like all of that but it, it is that balance of not everything has to be yeah. so full-on and yes. the hustle yes. and I think I'm trying to only in this year just step away from not ev- yeah not everything has to be six miles an
1: hour yeah <laughs> oh, I couldn't agree more and it's really hard to unlearn right like mm-hmm. I think it's something we get taught from like our earliest days of how like product productivity equals you know value basically and you- that you always have to be hustling and doing things to feel like a productive You've been, especially yeah. I think in the business world or founder world like if your business is not growing at x times every month or year like you're not success. you know there, there are all these narratives that are there it's literally the the path to success can be so windy you might be taking many steps back and then forward and then back and like and actually that whole journey it, it's much more of mm. a long-term bigger picture but yeah I have to fight that sort of voice in my head all the time who's consistently saying like play like why are you not sending like hundred emails today, like go out there and knock on all these doors. Yeah. I have to be like, no, it's okay. Like, um let me slow down. Let me like see what comes for us. Like let me approach the things that make sense. Slow things down so that things are more I guess like sustainable and it's not like we were saying before, these kind of really um yeah these like forced fast paced things that actually
0: Or well, the feeling yeah. that you have to be productive
1: exactly 24/7. exactly like that's so full.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: but it's hard it's like a big narrative that we have to keep fighting against it is yeah. hard
0: isn't it especially <laughs> in the world of like just social media and like yeah, yeah. if you're on tiktok what was that thing that i saw the other day where it's like
1: what's your nine to five then what's your five to nine and i'm like
0: what i just want to like curl up and exactly
1: <laughs> i just want to chill and i think like it's, it's actually great because i've been reading this um, amazing book it's called like defecation or something it's talking a lot about sort of minimalism and like this idea of like slow living and kind of um pushing back on this like hustle culture but in a very deeper way uh, in a much deeper way um and that's exactly what they fight against is like feeling that every moment has to be like something like productive and everything has to always be like moving but actually like they take you through a lot of cases where people are just like no i just it's amazing to have a job where i'm just working Five hours and the rest I'm just like in, in my garden and I'm with my children yeah. I'm just cooking like I, I want that balance of personal life as well as professional life yeah so yeah I think there are different approaches for sure and I think people are feeling that more and more like people are feeling fatigued overworked, stressed, mm. stress like these are persistent issues and I think people realize that like especially in the world of business and founding things like success can mean such can be such different things and monetary success doesn't always get you the feelings that you want right mm. there's impact like that's what I love about Moyhood too like values and impact community like all these things are markers of success alongside pure like monetary or whatever it may be so it's like good to think of it in this like bigger way yeah
0: on a personal note like how how do you define success yeah I think
1: no it's a, it's, a good, it's, it's a good it's a good question yeah. yeah I think for me like success is a lot of it's like tied to contentment now I wouldn't have given this answer at all in my early 20s for sure mm. or um yeah my first like uh, stints in the working world I think success would have meant something much more direct and superficial like whether it be certain jobs or certain places in life but now it means contentment I think it means what we were saying before of that balance of personal and leisure and like working I think to me, a successful life feels like something where Gabba can exist for me, but also I'm using my other time to do other impact work that aligns with all the values that feed into gaba too. And having this bigger life that's not just slaving away and working all the time, but that's like enjoying life, like giving back, like doing all the create, creating and doing things I love, like that to me feels like success. Yeah. I want to lead a very full life. Love that. Like <laughs> yeah. Balanced and full. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. But what about for you? <laughs> to turn it back. Really for a second, really right? similar, you know. Yeah. I think
0: before if you asked me like two years ago, I'm like, I wanna it's all materialistic things like yeah. I want a business that's like making X amount sure, yeah. I wanna like estate Lord acquire me. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no, it's um, like But now workers.
0: it's definitely <laughs> changed the sense of like living a life where I have the freedom to learn and yeah. expand my learning in different areas that fulfill me um with Moyhood existing in the background yeah for sure where I have the opportunity to I would love to pick up the flute again I yeah. think <laughs> using different parts of your brain and definitely like Maybe go back to school, learn something, mm-hmm. um, take a masters in maybe TCM. find yeah, it yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just it is that richness of life, isn't yeah. it? Filling life through thought thought experiences and continue just talking to people. Like
1: absolutely. building a community. Like what we're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's the fun part of that. I think back on even Cause same with Moheb, it's converging on Gabadzai like, for its year anniversary. And we were—I've been thinking back on just like the journey so far and kind of pinpointing the moments of gabba that I've like loved the most. I like, genuinely loved, not from a like superficial perspective, yeah. but what I felt most connected to. And it's definitely always been something like, oh, that small event that we did where there were like the five people around the table, but we felt so connected, yeah. or like that moment where I was able to share this particular thing we wrote with someone and they can, it's like so much more, the rich moments are what mm-hmm. drive Gabba too. So it makes you realize like even in the business setting, like yes, all that other success stuff didn't happen, but the stuff that really motivates are those moments. So cultivating that more and um, yeah, like letting that be at the forefront too. But it's super important, I think.
0: I love that. <laughs> I love that. To wrap up, because I guess technically we are seeing care podcast. I would love to know what's your skincare products that you're loving at yeah, the
1: moment. I have really gone to a super simple routine, mm. and it's really helped my skin a lot. I used to love the whole Korean ste- ten-step skincare, and I still do. There are parts of it I love, so it's become very simple now. I do use some Moyhood cleanser, and I'm really loving it honestly because it's very—it just softens the face, and it's just so um so simple again. Um, it works really well with with like my skin and its knees. I have this beautiful like RMS like coconut cream that I've had for so long. They're also a clean beauty brand, like a huge favorite of mine. And it's just a really gentle coconut cream that's great for moisturizing and things. Um, I've been trialing, Gabah has some new products coming out and uh, there's a facial oil involved as well. So I've been trialing that and it's been a beautiful journey of like it's, it's I'm sure you feel the same it's always surreal to kind of use your own products and you're like this is it's just a strange like, feeling wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow this is actually yeah we made this this is yeah. doing something so I've been trialing that alongside and then I stick to a very I, I found this beautiful moisturizer from I, it was a, a little stall in Notting Hill that, um, and it was a mum and a daughter pair and they were creating these like beautiful creams and I use that as my moisturizer. So it's literally the simplest routine at the moment. But I do have like an exfoliant that I use at um, a facialist in New York recommend so that's the only kind of like special product that's in my routine now. But also say I need to bump things up again. So I'm on the lookout for new serums and things. I really simplified and now, it's, yeah. um, now I'm excited to embed a few more like more potent, like very rich and everything so if hood has stuff coming out which so, sounds worry, like yeah yeah i'll yeah, we'll be i'll be um, i'll be using it as well but yeah
0: lovely like i'm very very excited about kebab. I
1: <laughs> Cannot wait. that'll
0: be in my basket um <laughs> See. thank you so much for joining and would love to know where people can find you on instagram absolutely on the kebab website um,
1: yeah let us know Absolutely. You can find Gabar on Instagram at G A B A R. Our website is Gabar Myanmar, G A B A R Myanmar.com. Uh, follow us. Um, listen out for our new things that are coming up. And yeah, we'll be excited to have you in our community. So thank you so much for having me, Shar, and yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to see how both Moyhood and Gabar like ends off in the next years. So me excited to too. see you. I I can't can't wait. <laughs> <I'll> wait. <laughs>